Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mostly Harmless Podcast. I'm your host, Damian Burford. Now, we'd like to welcome you to a very special episode of the Mostly Harmless Podcast. Today's guest is Noah Van Scriver. Now, many people know Noah from his most fabulous comic book, Blammo, published by Kilgore Books. Noah is an alternative comic specialist. He also does the Four Questions column in the Westward Alternative Weekly out of Denver, Colorado. He also has an upcoming book coming out from Fanographics based on the early days of Abraham Lincoln. That book is called The Hypo. Now, I know if you're a normal listener, you know that we normally have a musical guest for each episode. And that musical guest, we usually play a song of theirs. Now, Noah is not a song and dance man by any stretch. So when we asked him today what song he would like to open up this episode with, he chose Bell and Sebastian's I Don't Love Anyone. Now, I'm not sure the significance. I'm not even sure if there is any significance for Noah in the song. Maybe it's just a song he likes. Maybe it's a song that was on the, his iPod as he got my text message. All we know is this is the song Noah wanted to open this episode up with, and this is the song we're starting with. Again, this is Bell and Sebastian's I Don't Love Anyone.
Hey buddies, welcome back to the Most of Harmless Podcast. This is Damian Burford. I'm your host. And again, this is a very special episode of the Most of Harmless Podcast. Why is this a special episode? This is the first one without a musician. Now, back in 2005 and 2006, I used to run a zine called Most of the Harmless Magazine. Uh, that, of course, was uh, based off of Douglas Adams and the Hitchhiker's Guide of the Galaxy. And the whole idea behind it was, was we were going to combine my love of pop culture music and entertainment you know i'm a big comic book fan i'm a huge movie fan uh so huge to the point where i will claim that i have forgotten more about movies and film than most people will ever know uh and then you know i'm also a big nerd when it comes to you know music video games all that shit you know it, fuck I was just a kid of the 90s who had no friends, pimply, fat kid. I've got bitch tits, man boobs. I've got bigger boobs than most of my girlfriends. But, hey, shh, it's no big deal. But I've got a uh, huge love for all this this pop culture. So when we decided to restart it, and by we, I mean, of course, me and the uh, many voices inside my head. We started the, this podcast here, Mostly Harmless based on that zine back in 2005, 2006, I want to incorporate some of those things that we had incorporated in the original magazine. Uh, because I still love movies, music, comics. Um, we're mostly going to have a lot of more music on here because, of course, that's the scene I work in. I'm currently the bartender and manager at the Black Sheep in Colorado Springs, Colorado, for that uh, triple nickel here in Colorado Springs. Uh, so the majority of my connections come from the music industry. But we're here to branch out. We're going to do more episodes with filmmakers, writers, and, of course, comic book creators. And so today's episode marks a special occasion for me. Uh, I've done a couple of interviews here and there in the past with guys who've done comic books, but never in person. It's always been over AOL Instant Messenger and uh, you know, email and whatnot. But those aren't really interviews. Those are more like questions and answers. They don't really have that vibe, that feel, that energy of real one-on-one interviews so uh we wanted to branch out a little bit more we wanted to not pigeonhole this so much we wanted to be more of the nerdist the nerdist podcast with chris hardwick which if you're not listening to you're a fool it's one of the best podcasts out there along with what the fuck with mark Marin and making it with ricky lindholm and if you're listening to this ricky you're gonna be on the show soon girl we're gonna fall madly in love so uh before we hit on any girls further via the internet webs uh let's let's get to these to today's episode uh this is the day after super bowl sunday i've had a couple of uh a couple of adult beverages in me so excuse me if i say the wrong word and slip up a little bit but let's get to it uh so no van scriber he makes comic books he takes unique slices of life and he turns and twists those into works of art 
It's not too reminiscent from the indie comics of forefathers such as Harvey Picard and R. Crumb. It's not your typical comic book superhero fare for those mainstream people out there who think, oh my god, Spider-Man. But of course, if you're listening to this, you already know that. You don't need to be told that comic books aren't for kids anymore because they haven't been for kids for a long, long time. And Noah's are no exception to that. Uh, I met Noah back in uh, 2007 at the uh, Denver Zine Fest. It was a wonderful collection of artistic people piled together in Denver's warehouse district. I remember passing Noah a copy of the Long Dead magazine, Most of the Harmless number two, and without missing a beat, he handed me a copy of the predecessor of the Blamo series, a super rare copy of Hep Comics. He was really excited that I was from Colorado Springs and that I could bring it back to the hometown of uh, Ted Haggard and focus on the family and all that you know, uptight religious bullshit that surrounds me here in my, uh, my home. My home. Uh, so this, this comic, though, I found it when I got home. A huge pile of comics when I got back, uh, but Noah's stood out the best. Um, of course, there was John P. and his, uh, I believe, King Cat comics, and they're great, wonderful dude, wonderful comics. But Noah's, Noah's a little bit younger than me, and his comics had a lot more of this kind of punk rock, raw, negative, angry feel to them, and the jokes, man, like they're silly, offbeat but twisted jokes, uh, piled into each and every moments of hep comics and i i loved it instantly again we, we talk in the uh episode here today about reconnecting via the internet and how he wanted to actually do some work for the uh now defunct mostly harmless magazine and we just kind of reconnected we became myspace friends back then and followed on to facebook and twitter friends and i followed his work ever since i've watched him go from that little guy making comics comics that uh, he couldn't figure out how to sell to selling. I remember at one point reading on his Facebook that he was selling so many copies of Blamo that he could not figure out what to do with it and was thinking about shutting it down. And now here he is. He's got a uh, book coming out in November from Fantagraphics Books. Fantagraphics, I mean, that may not mean much to the normal comic book reader, but Fantagraphics is like one of the forefathers, the forefront, one of the big guns, in my opinion, in my head, of the indie comic scene. Um, I, I believe, and I'm just saying this without uh, any real background thinking, I'm pretty sure they're putting out like Peanuts reissues and all these really, really great old uh, 1950s comic comic strip Sunday strip uh, reissues really cool great stuff and then Noah gets to be a part of that and I'm proud to say that I've followed him throughout these years and I've known he was going to be great uh, of course I can say that now because he's already well on his way so let's just let's just go ahead and take credit for all that now uh, but yeah so we re reconnected on the internet and I've been a follower of his ever since I I'm I'm really happy to have sat down and done this interview with him uh, I've never done an interview with somebody who was not a musician. And one of the challenges with that is with somebody who's a musician, they're used to talking and they're used to being in front of a crowd and they're used to doing press. Uh, Noah's still a young, hungry comic book writer and artist. And so for him doing interviews, it's a little bit of a different, uh, different beast. And same for me because I'm used to people who are used to telling their life story. And with Noah, he's not somebody who's very easy to get to talk about himself and his life. And it was really fun, guys. You know, um, I show up in this apartment. I hadn't seen this guy since 2007. Sure, we're internet buddies, but I don't know him. I don't know him from any guy on the street. If I had seen him, I wouldn't have recognized him. But here he is. He welcomes me to his home, lets me set up my little microphone contraption kit. And we sat down and we talked about, you know, him making comics. And then uh, that kind of, he kind of turned the mic on me. 
we start to, he started asking me questions and pretty much it turned into just a uh, kind of a jazz session are the words that he uses and we just kind of talk about life the universe and everything which is what mostly harmless and douglas adams would have loved and so i'm really really happy with this episode um it's really probably the most fun i've had doing an interview in a long time because it wasn't an interview it's just me and another dude connecting talking hanging out uh i'm fucking so happy that noah sat down and did this and hopefully this is just the first of many many episodes to come with people who are not musicians people who are you know making movies writing books doing comics um you know doing interesting things the motto of most of the harmless magazine was interesting people doing interesting things and it just happened that you know most everybody's musicians but we had a lot of other stuff planned out that just never got to be and then here we are now with this audio podcast and we get to be so i am sorry for rambling so long uh let's get into this interview with mr noah van scraver uh and blah make sure you check out westward and westward.com if you're in denver you better be reading the westward uh noah's four questions are my favorite part of the westward Westward, Westward, Westward. See how many more times we can say that. Uh, you know, my favorite Westward article that Noah did was uh, Noah's first time ever going to an ICP concert. Beautiful. You can find it on his website. Uh, his first graphic novel, The Hypo, comes out in Fantagraphic Books in November. Uh, fuck. Noah Van Scarver. He's a great dude. I think he, I hope you like him as much as he d as I do. And I've officially had too much to drink now to finish this. So uh, without any further ado, let's talk with Mr. Noel Van Scravo. All right. So I am sitting in the home of Mr. Noah Van Scriver? Scriber? <laughs> Skywalker? Asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Noah Van Asshole. Noah, you have a weird last name. How do you say it? I've, it's it's just Noah Van Skyver. Skyver. Yeah. Skyver. I've been typing it for the last week as Scriber with a B in there. I don't know where yeah. it came from. No. Common. Common. Uh, it's hard. It's like really tricky to. Like I had a website for a while that was NoahVanSkyver dot com, and I was like, after a while, I was like, nobody's gonna even know how to spell my name. You know, you say that like in like some. I don't know. I can't do it. Uh, so uh, should have had a pen name or something. What's your uh, what's your website now? It, now it's just nvanskyver.wordpress.com. <laughs> so it's still just, got the same. Problem. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, whatever. I can't win. <laughs> Not blamo comic or anything. Uh, like yeah, that. I should have done something like that. Oh well. Yeah. But uh, it's a neat little quirk. Yeah. Little last name. I have a terrible last name, Burford. Nobody can ever. Say that's it or that's spell it. no, that's good. It's a Burford. Little, it's a little bit more. I don't know. What is Van Scriver? Van Skyver? Skyver. Van Skyver. I, I promise I it's, didn't do it on purpose that time. That's okay. I was just so it's, used uh, to it in my head of saying it like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure people have their own pronunciation. It's, uh, it's like a Dutch name. So it's like Van Gogh, you know. Right on. So, uh, so you are from a very, very large Mormon family. Is that correct? Yeah, I am. How many kids? There's nine. Nine. Jesus. <laughs> it, what... Uh, which one are you? Like number four, number eight? Um, I'm number eight. Wow. How did it? How uh, how was it growing up in such a huge family? Um, <laughs> it was. Uh, I don't know. It, it was cool. It was fine. I mean, it's weird because a lot of them. Um, since I'm one of the younger ones, a lot of them were older and they were getting married and stuff and leaving. So, uh, I didn't really get to get a chance to get used to it. They were always it's always shrinking. As I was growing up, but I guess it was okay. It was fun. Were you the ring bearer in a lot of uh, weddings? Uh, 
No, I, I did attend, but <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. There. I don't think I was competent. No. <laughs> but. Um, so you do comics, comic strips. Uh, what's your? How do you describe? Or do you do comics? Do you do graphic novels? What, I do. do you describe? I do everything. Yeah. Um, I do comic strips. I do comic books, and then I just finished a graphic novel. Oh, it's actually done. Yeah, it's done. Holy crap. It's at the publisher they're putting together, and it's going to be released in November 2012. Congrats. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. No, that's a long time to make. We'll get more to that in a second. Yeah, um, yeah. When did you first um, start storytelling? Like, Well, uh, I mean, my family is uh, really into – I mean, my dad was a big comic book reader, and so all my brothers were. And then me being younger, I just kind of did what my older brothers did. So my older brothers were all drawing comics. And I just was drawing comics in my notebooks and stuff and on paper and everything since I was a little kid. So I've been doing it for most of my life that I can remember, but I started doing it like seriously as something I wanted to let other people read probably 2004 or five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm talking more like, like were there ever family dinners where you'd get together and tell these elaborate stories or whatnot, or were you always drawing? Just drawing. We never told stories really <laughs> that'd be cool that sounds good that sounds yeah nice. yeah i can only imagine uh my family growing up it was shut up i'm watching tv really well you're from colorado springs i, so I, I was actually <laughs> i actually grew up in uh shreveport louisiana though oh okay so, All right. yeah so Col- colorado springs had not too much to do with it although my dad almost relocated to colorado springs several times and then it seemed like destiny for me to end up here so i just fucking moved yeah um so so your earliest memories is were just copying your brother's like drawing comics. Or? Well, I'm not copying him, but doing my own, you know. Right, right. Well, of course, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Following yeah. his lead. Right, and my yeah, my brother Micah drew comics too. My brother Josiah used to be like, "I'm going to be a colorist," so <laughs> he tried to color comics. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, it, it, was that always what you wanted to do? I mean. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't have any other plans. I thought I was going to be a comic artist or I was going to be a paleontologist. <laughs> and you just visited the uh, Denver uh, Museum, right? Yeah, the Westward that sent me to the Nature and Science Museum. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. That was, uh, I liked the comic a lot. Thanks. It's pretty fun. Um, so uh, you, you have a somewhat famous brother in the comics field. Um, yeah. I remember I, I was a big wizard dude back in the day. I remember when his uh, cyber frog, and I didn't even have to research that. I just remember that off the top of my head appeared in that wizard magazine. Right. Yeah. But um, I mean, it, you jumping into indie comics had absolutely nothing to do with him or his lead, right? No, it's just um, kind of what I was destined to do. I mean, I was kind of that's just where I was leaning towards, or what I was leaning towards. Um, I'm not really interested in superhero stuff really yeah and plus i don't even at this point like i don't have the skill set to do that kind of stuff you know what i mean like if i was going to try and draw superman comics or something i would take me another 10 years to be able to draw like that i guess i don't know there's that bizarro series with indie comic guys doing yeah but i've i mean i'm over it at this point man i mean that stuff just doesn't appeal to me you you don't even really like talking about that angle either no it's just it's your brother's field and your field yeah and i don't even we don't even talk to each other anymore so not at all. No, oh, cut wow. me out. Cut me out of his life. Oh, it's terrible. I don't. It doesn't matter. Don't <laughs> um, so, I mean, how much? A, a, a large portion of these comics are um, autobiographical 
in nature to a point. Um, the earlier stuff I was doing was, I haven't done a lot of that stuff lately. Well, I guess like when, I mean, of course, when Westward sends me somewhere, I have to do something like that. But if I'm going to do something for Blamo or like from like the book that I did and stuff, it's not autobiographical, really. I don't know. That's a weird question, you know, because I, even my autobiographical comics, I, I make up so much of it that it's not even really who I am, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to say like your illustrated persona just vastly differs from yeah, you. Like it is a lot different for it's, me. It, 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 it's a completely, it's a character. Exactly. Kind of like yeah. when a stand up jumps on stage, they're, they're turning on something on. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like an asshole like that. <laughs> for some uh, reason, whenever I, I have to draw comics with myself, I always make myself more of an asshole than I really am. Yeah. Maybe it's just funnier. <laughs> I don't know. It's exaggerated. Yeah. Um, what what about like you draw yourself as this kind of gross, disgusting, sloven guy? Well, yeah, but that's kind of like how you know how I feel about myself. Right. I don't know if it's really who I am because I have a girlfriend. So yeah. Well, you see, I, I always look at photos. And I'm like, man, that's kind of a handsome. Oh, thanks. Very very well to do looking you, young gentleman. And then you see my drawings, and you're like, oh, who's yeah. that cretin? Yeah. Well, it's kind of it's kind of like that whole Harvey Pekar thing. It's like, what the fuck does he actually look like? Nobody knows <laughs> until until the movie comes out. Yeah. Um, so, so what kind of, you've been drawing comics forever. What made that leap for you to just start finally putting them out and actually doing them? Well, that was my, that was my brother, Ethan, actually, because he, uh, I was painting and he called me when he was nominated for some, like it was like wizard magazines, like artist of the year or something. And he knew that I was doing comics and, and he called me and was talking about that the wizard magazine thing. And then he just kind of convinced me to start doing my own comics and put them out so people can see them, you know? And I, like I thought about it for a while, I did it and I just, yeah, just jumped into it. I don't know. <laughs> it's a boring story. I wish I had some kind of amazing, how I started drawing comics story, you know? Well, I mean that, that it's still introspective <laughs> and interesting and shows, right. I don't know, like it's boring to you, but to other people, they might be eating it up. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. I'm eating it up. Yeah. So, uh, how much do you suffer for your art? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I. Uh, it, it seems like you're. I mean, you have a you have a regular job as well, or is comics all you do? Uh, well, what I do is I I uh, go down and stuff envelopes for the Environment Colorado. Mm-hmm. I go down and like stuff their junk mail. For extra money, but it's not very much. I mean, most of the money that I'm making is from comics at this point. Oh, great. I remember reading, I, I read something a couple of weeks ago that you were overnight working at a bakery or something. Right. That was a few years ago, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah I used to do that. I used to work at a... Oh, shit. I hit pause. Oops. Uh, I hit pause. Sorry. Where did you pause it? Right where you said yeah, Einstein okay. Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I worked at, at delis like that to make money. But that stuff, I mean, uh, working overnight just killed me. It wiped me out. I couldn't do comics and then do that at the same time, really. Yeah. So you gave that up. And so just... I, I quit that, actually, like a fool. I just didn't show up for work. And then um, just kind of started, like, relying on comics at that point. And I was doing that for a while, just like, oh, it's all right. You know, I, I've got to make the money or I'm not going to live, you know. And then um, my friend at Kilgore Books, who publishes Blamo got me the job that I have now, but it's it's like a three-day-a-week job. Yeah, And you work there sometimes too, right? Man in the counter? Yeah. Every once in a while, if Kilgore needs somebody to cover the shop, I'll yeah. go and do that. I, I love that bookstore. It's, it's nice amazing, right? It's yeah. a great bookstore. 
I, I went in there right when it very first opened and just wandered uh-huh. around. You could spend it's tiny, but you can spend hours yeah. there. It's dense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you're putting out these like little mini comics, and then how, in 2005. Yeah. And yeah. then what was the transition to the full fledged like printed up? Well, vinyl? I wanted when I was doing the mini comics, I always really wanted to do an actual comic book. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was like, how do you do that? But I didn't really know any other cartoonists. And um, so I met this guy, Ethan Wenberg, and he had a comic book. And I was just like, holy shit, this guy has his own comic book. This is amazing. And he kind of taught me how to do it. So that's all it was. I mean, I just didn't know how to put it together. I still am kind of figuring it out, honestly. I mean, I always mess up. It's it's all the technical stuff that gets to me, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's everybody's got their learning curves. I just hit pause yeah. in the middle of an interview, you know. That's all right, yeah. <laughs> um. So how happy are you now with those finished products? Do you look back and still cringe at those first early issues? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I can't I can't even read them, man, honestly. Some of that stuff I'm just like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> I mean, I still have them. There's I mean, you can I still allow people to buy them. I'm not like nobody can see this. Like if somebody wants to read one, they can get one. That's fine. But I can't look at it, man. You're just not that person anymore either. No, right? it's just I was just trying to figure out like what I wanted to do in comics, you know. Yeah. Well, that's the, those are the famous early stages of yeah pretty much everybody. Like the one you're talking about, Hep, the yeah. one that you got from me in the Zine Fest. Was it 2007, 2006? I I had already folded publication on Mostly Harmless, the Zine, and I was, and I killed that at the beginning of 2006. So I'm thinking it was 2007. 2007? Yeah, because I still had like hundreds of issues, and I was just like, let's get get rid of these. Right, because I remember it had like a business card stapled on it. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, I remember you dropping by and giving me that zine, and then I was like, oh, man, a, a place to be published. Because that was another thing at that time. Oh, yeah. I was looking for anybody, anybody at all that would, like, print my comics, you know. So then that's probably how we, I got in touch with you. Like, God. hey, can I be in the next issue? You I, know? And, and then I couldn't. And you're be, like, it's dead. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't find anybody to buy advertising. At the, at, at the time, I, was, I started Mostly Harmless to – newspapers in Colorado Springs had went belly up like two alt newspapers yeah. because nobody was buying ads anymore because yeah. everything had gone to the internet and nobody uh-huh. was reading. And I was like, you know what? Nothing will ever replace that ability of being able to sit on a shitter right. and read and read. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to fucking put out this magazine anyway and do it for free. And nobody bought it. $2,000 later. Uh, it was more like 1200, but yeah, it was a lot of money that I pulled out of my own pocket. Yeah. Um, I, but I would. I, God damn! I wish I'd kept going because I loved doing it. Hence, it's this. great, right? I and mean, that's the reason why I put out comic books too. It's that you get like a sort of like a rush or like a thrill from like it's thrilling to put out something, you yeah. know. But this, I mean, you, you you wouldn't think it's very much as talking into a microphone with people, but like doing it, editing it all together, and putting it up on the internet and having people download it. It's whew, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a thrilling rush. Yeah. How, how do you feel about the uh, lecture? Not they're not lectures, but the uh, readings and stuff you do. Uh, you know, it's it's nerve wracking. <laughs> I like doing them. I mean, it's fun because I I approach it sort of like stand up comedy. You know, yeah. the way that I I read the comics. Like I I will mostly try and find like like the funniest comics that I've drawn recently, and I'm like, okay, I'll read these because that always goes over better. I think. And it's fun when you get like a bunch of cartoonist friends together and you're like, all right, we're going to do a reading at this like punk rock place in Boulder, you know? 
I mean, every, you know, the, the, we organize it and set it up, and then it's just really fun, you know? It's kind of like a little party. Yeah. Well, I, and I know you were just, you know, giving yourself a hard time with that hip. I was flipping through it last night, and it's got some really good comedic timing, and so does the uh, the yeah. four questions. So you got a thing there. Maybe you should – have you ever thought about actually trying stand-up? Uh, I don't know if I could do it, honestly. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm I'm not uh, – yeah, I'd be too nervous. <laughs> I think I think eventually you'd get over that. I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. It's scary. I, I, it, you got good comic timing, at least on Thanks. the. Uh, yeah, on the stuff. And I got the. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, so so you've got your you figure out how to get Blamo out to the world. Yeah. Um, you get in the stores. You're selling way too many copies. Right. Um, Actually, you know what? What happened was. Uh, when I first printed it, I didn't have any distribution. So I would have to walk around town, you know, with like a bunch of them in my backpack and like go into different bookstores and see if they'd sell them there. And that was how I got Kilgore. Because I went into Kilgore Books the first day they opened and uh, chickened out and left. And then I came back the second day and I, I asked Luke, one of the guys who owns it, I was like, will you carry my comic book here? He's like, oh, we'll take one copy. So he took one copy and then he read it i think they liked it so they got more copies in there but then what happened was as i was doing blamo blamo started selling really well in their shop to the point where they're like dude we'll just publish this for you so that's how they started publishing it but distribution is like the killer for that kind of stuff when you self-publish man you gotta like find i mean now we do with blamo we have last gasp which does a really good job you know seems appropriate because they're like an underground comics uh, publisher and distributor and uh, I don't know. And that's just like the hard part is like distribution. Yeah. So, it, but it's out there in the world. Where's the weirdest place you've heard or found Blamo at? Uh, somebody wrote me a letter one time saying they found one like stuck to a porch or something. <laughs> like it had been left out in the rain and like it was windy or something and they found it like stuck against a porch. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Where was that? Like, that was here. That was in oh, Denver. Denver. Yeah. I was talking about like middle of nowhere, in the middle, Iowa oh, or God. something. I mean, if it's in, if, if it is anywhere in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, it was because of me. No. Because when me and John P. go on tours, we stop at like all the shops and towns and uh, distribute them while we're in town. But uh, I don't know what the weirdest place is. There's a place in Joshua Tree that I can't remember the name of that has them. Joshua Tree, California, that's pretty much out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I did a reading there, man. That was terrible. <laughs> it didn't go over well. <laughs> I, I just... Uh, you, I think I saw a video. Do you guys use projector screens or something. Uh -huh. sometimes? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, so, so you've got, you know, Blamos out there in the world. You've got a new publisher. How do you get the Westward gig? Um, with Westward, it was this guy Galen Shu mm -hmm. was doing a comic there. He did it for a year, and then he quit. And um, I had an idea. Like I, I'd already been like. Like, I had wrote to uh, Joel from Brian Jonestown Massacre and, like, written him some questions to answer, and he answered them, and I drew that into a comic. And I was planning on doing more of those. And uh, I knew that spot was open in Westward at the time. So I wrote to Patty Calhoun, who's the editor, and showed her that comic and said, this is my idea. I'm going to find a different band every week, and I'm going to interview it and draw it into a comic. And then she said, that's great. You got it. So uh, it was pretty easy. Not too bad. But that was a long time ago now. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been several years. How, how nerve wracking is it trying to find bands, or has it gotten a lot easier? It's easier now. I, um, I've kind of figured out that it's just 
even if I've slacked off all week, I, I always have faith that it'll it'll work out in the end, and it always does. You know, <laughs> it'd be like the last minute. And I'm like, shit, I don't have a band, and I run on Facebook like. Is there any Denver bands you guys know of that would like want to do this? And always there's like 20 bands. So it's, you know, everybody, it's just free promotion, I guess. Yeah, it's a coveted spot. I, uh, I get to draw your face. That's good. I was hanging out with the lead singer of uh, Tauntaun earlier today. He was like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. He did a, oh, yeah. He did that thing for us in the Westward. I'm like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Tauntaun, that's a good band. Yeah. Uh, they're, uh, the lead singer, they're playing again very soon. The lead singer just restarted his other band, The Gamets. Get just really solid pop punk. Look them up. Yeah, do a, do an interview with them. Yeah, um, so many bands, man. Yeah, people it, are always like, "Aren't you going to run out of bands?" No, no never. Not I'll never run out of bands. Yeah, and then, they're always quitting and starting new bands. It's always you know, uh, there's so many bands I haven't even heard about yet. Yeah. So what? What is there a criteria for uh, what bands you do do? No, doesn't matter. I'll do any band. Any, any. <laughs> doesn't matter, man. I've done some bands. In the past, that people have been like, "Why the hell did you do that band?" You know, <laughs> like as soon as I, as the comic was published, they broke up. You know, that kind of stuff. Have you ever just done one just for the humor of? It's like I should definitely not do this one, but fuck it, we're gonna do it. Anyway. Yeah, I did. Uh, what's that guy's name? Chain Gang of 1974. Oh yeah. <laughs> I interviewed that guy, man. I don't have any. I don't like that guy at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't talk too much shit. He just played the the bar I work at not too long ago. Right, good show. Not my type of music. No, not my type of music, man. Definitely a MySpace guy. Yeah, and he's still riding that wave. He's doing. doing I know. Good. Must be working out well. Yeah. Um. So why only four panels? Is that just how much? Space it was five to... panels originally, and um, for space they made me cut it down to four. Yeah. Um. So so while we're talking about music, what other? You know. Uh, what blammo issue number two had a bob dylan on the cover yeah i used to like bob dylan a lot <laughs> do you still like him a whole lot yeah i still like him but i'm i'm kind of taking a break from that because i <laughs> really i i did too much bob dylan man yeah uh how did that all come about just just other when than i was being a, a teenager i was like really obsessed with like the bohemian stuff mm-hmm. you know and uh my mom had some bob dylan records and i i took them from her and listened to it and i really liked it and it just kind of went through to my 20s and now i'm 27 and i'm like i gotta take a break on this shit because <laughs> you know after a while you're like all right all right, all right. i don't know so but yeah i still i still like him I, i've seen him live a couple times um kind of sucked <laughs> i've heard that i've heard yeah. that he just mumbles it's pretty shitty one time i wrote a blog post about how i went and saw him and it sucked and i got all these comments from angry bob dylan fans who had found it like, oh, I'm so sorry he didn't play like you remember him in the 60s. And I'm like, I wasn't even alive in the 60s. Like, <laughs> some crappy studio band behind him. You know, like the yeah. studio bands where they're like all wearing black? There's always like the bald guy in the fucking uh, fedora hat and shit. Just whatever hired hands he could get. Yeah, that, total that studio shit. Uh, so, so what other kind of music do you... Do, do you listen to music when you're drawing, working? Yeah, I do. Uh, but it's... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I listen to all of that stuff. I don't know, man. It's it's embarrassing. It's an embarrassing question. I'm sorry. People want to know. I, I I don't know who wants to know, but you know, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm curious just because you know. Oh, I don't know what you gets into that records, mindset. I have all sorts of shit, but I don't have like one kind of thing. Like I'll show. You, let's see what's on my turntable right now. All right. So right now my turntable is. Take it, Bunny. Bunny Berrigan and his boys. <laughs> it's a 
Nice. So I listen to a lot of the jazz. If I'm in the morning, I like to listen to that stuff. If I'm drawing, I listen to that stuff. Cool. I, I, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just changes. It depends on the season or the mood, you know? Yeah. That's fair enough question. Uh, Get off my fucking answer. back, man. Sorry. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I'm just some strange dude hanging out in your living room. You don't have to punch me. Uh, so, um, hey, other other than like the four questions of comics, have you ever looked into doing like posters or album art or anything like that? Yeah, I've done album art before. I did a CD cover for Radio 1190, their uh, like little yeah. compilation album. I did album artwork for Fingers of the Sun and for Swayback. Those are the three I've done so far. That's, that's <laughs> It's cool stuff. And posters, I've done like a lot of posters for different bands and stuff. Yeah, I like doing that. That's fun. Yeah, it's probably a nice change of pace than yeah the sequential good. art. Single like a single um, illustration. I don't know you can have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, it's good. Um, what's your favorite work so far? Uh, um, of the CD art stuff, or, or just period. Hmm, probably my book. It's my yeah. favorite. Yeah, let's let's talk about that book. So, what's this book you got coming out in November? It's called the hypo, the hypo. Yeah, what, and it is about. It's about Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. It's a biography of Abraham Lincoln. It's a, like a young Abraham Lincoln in his like late twenties, early thirties, living in Springfield, Illinois, and being really depressed, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's like his. It's about his battles with the uh, depression, and uh, like his courtship with Mary Todd. How uh. How depressing was it working on it? Uh, or was it more fascinating? It was kind of a mix of both, I guess. I, I didn't really get too... I mean, if I got depressed working on it, that was my own shit that I was yeah. bringing. <laughs> had nothing to do with like the subject. It was just whatever, my seasonal affective disorder, you know? So so it's kind of in the vein of like... Uh, what what jumps in my mind is the Motorcycle Diaries. It's kind of... It follows around Che Guevara before he becomes Che. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and that, that's essentially what your book is about, right? Right, it ends in uh, 1842, so um, well before he becomes president or anything. It's just just uh, like a little piece of his life, like six years. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. How many pages is it? It's 180. Wow. 188. It took you, what, two and a half? It took two me years? two years, yeah. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where to go from it's, there, man. It's published by Fanographics Books. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I feel like um, when people hear that, like, oh, like a biography of Lincoln. I don't know. You know what I mean? But it, you got to remember that, like, I can't draw very well. So it's got that element to it. It's kind of a weird. I, I think it's a pretty unique Lincoln book. Probably the most unique Lincoln book. I, I, I'm i actually kind of excited for it. And I'm not just saying that because I'm sitting in your living room talking to you. You better say that. I, I was excited about that before this. That's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you because it's like, yeah. dude, who the hell would do a comic on yeah. Lincoln? I know, that's, as well as awesome. like, yeah, I don't know, all the other crap I do. That's good stuff. Thanks. Are, are you are you overall happy with uh, doing comics or would you rather be doing no. something? I love doing comics. It's yeah. my favorite. What about carto- uh, like animation or anything like that? I've seen there a couple of dabbles on YouTube or something right, along yeah. those lines. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd personally do animation, but uh, I don't know. If, like maybe somebody wanted to do like animation out of one of my comics, that's fine. But I can't imagine myself sitting down and doing whatever how many drawings that is like two thousand drawings for 
like a minute or something. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So um, getting it, two years to make uh, the hypo, what was the, what was your work ethic like? What is your work ethic like? Well, when I was doing the hypo, I was I would do a page of the hypo a day plus whatever else I had to get done, you know? Mm-hmm. So if it was Wednesday, which is the day I have to draw four questions, I would draw four questions first because that, that had a deadline. I would uh, color it and everything, send it to Dave Herrera, and then start the, the page for the hypo. So I was doing a page a day, but I would do a page a day for about like a week or two weeks and then get so burnt out, you know? Yeah. Because it's, it's really dense, a lot of cross-hatching and stuff. So I would have to take a break. Um, so then I'll take a break for like a, I don't know, like a week or something and then work on other stuff. So I did that for a while or like I'd get into like a zone where I was just like, I'm going to go to the coffee shop every day and draw this. And I would do that. And it's like actually pretty fond memories of like hanging out in a coffee shop and just like cranking out the drawings, you know? Nice. It's fun, man. It's really fun. Yeah. Um. So I, you posted on Facebook a couple of days. Hope you don't mind me asking like, I hear people are starting rumors about you here in town. They're just talking shit. <laughs> I'm always hearing about somebody saying, like, this guy's saying this about you. You know what I mean? And it's like, what the fuck for? Who am I, man? <laughs> like, I started doing stuff for Mad Magazine, and then, like, um, people are saying that, like, the only reason I got in Mad Magazine is because my brother. I'm like, my brother hasn't helped me out at all. Like, at <laughs> all. He's never given me a break. He's never, like, helped me. I never expected him to. Yeah. But people are just like, they just immediately like, oh, well, look what he's got. It's because of his brother, you know? I'm always hearing somebody says I can't draw and all this shit. People just talk shit, dude. I, th- I, I actually like that that aspect of it. It's not polished. It's raw and Man. personal. But it's just, it bums me out, right? Because you're like, I don't know who my fucking friends are. Because somebody who I think is my friend, I find out is like saying this shit about me. You know? It's like, what the hell, yeah. man? Just jealous, maybe. I, but what of what yeah. <laughs> that's what i mean that's what's so know. stupid about it like i'm not rich or something what do you want <laughs> uh how, how did mad magazine come about it came about because on the one of the editors there was a big fan of blammo and was reading that and then found me on twitter through a mutual friend and then asked me if i would do stuff for mad i uh i, I was in louisiana visiting my uh sister staying with my her and my niece and nephew and I guess there's a Mad Magazine cartoon. Oh yeah, I heard and it. And it's actually, it. it's actually, I like, I liked it a lot. The really? one episode I saw. So yeah, I want to check it out. Hopefully that it's selling more magazines. Maybe they'll do like a little short animation of my character. Yeah, and that would be so cool. What do you have in there? I do this little comic called Brown Bear. And uh, so he's like a little teddy bear who's like really earnest and nice, but he's like lives in a in a violent world. <laughs> so horrible things are always happening. It's nice. Yeah. Um, what other, what other things do you have on the horizon like that? What other things in the works? Uh, I'm working on, I don't know, a couple of comics for some anthologies. Um, I'm working on another graphic novel called Sinkhole and I'm working on a humor comic called Hallelujah, which is like all kind of dirty comedy and maybe another blamo. I don't know. Sweet. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm worn out. This is the third interview I've done today, so it's just like, whoa, where's my brain? Come on, man. No, so I, I mean, uh, you've been in a couple of anthologies this year, right? Um, yeah, I'm, I try and be in as many as I can. You, yeah, uh, how, do, how does it feel to just be selected out of all those many? 
It it's rarely ha- it rarely happens like that. Does it? <laughs> it's oh, rarely they, like somebody like, will you be? Well, I guess some, I mean, it happens most of the time, I guess. But a lot of the times I, I'm like being the jackass who's like, hey, I heard you're working on this book. Can I do something for that? Oh, yeah. So that's how it mostly happens because I'm that guy. Yeah. I'm the guy who like doesn't get invited to the party and then like <laughs> asks if he can come. What? That's better. I'm the guy who just sits at home and pouts because I didn't get invited to the party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then that's you know your place. I obviously don't know my place. I, I, and then I'm told like, then I'm told later on, it's like, why didn't you ask if you could come? Of course you can fucking come to the uh, party. I, I'm constantly embarrassing myself like that. I don't know. That's how, that's how you get places in life though, right? I guess so. I don't know. I need to embarrass myself more is what I think. <laughs> I, need, I should be hammered drunk. We'd be having a way better interview oh, or way beers. worse. Um, but I don't know. You're in the hollowed, uh, hallowed, hallowed, um, mad magazine, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's a pretty big deal to I know, cause some in artists. 2006, 2007, I was sending them comics all the time in the mail. They would never respond. Yeah. They never responded to me. So it was kind of a, I don't know. That's, that was like the, the pleasure in doing it for me. It's yeah. like, fuck, now you'll respond to me. I, I, I always, uh, I get a kick out of Shannon Wheeler's, uh, rejected New Yorker. Oh yeah. File. I love Shannon Wheeler. And I actually, I, I, I like the stuff that gets rejected usually more than the stuff that makes it to print. Right. I would never try to get into New Yorker. I feel like that's impossible, you know? Yeah. Too I, many people want to get into that magazine. Their standards are just too high probably. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even try. I'd rather be in the New Jersey and. I wanted to be in Nickelodeon magazine really bad. Oh yeah, didn't that just fold? Yeah, it like folded. a few years back. Yeah, Evan. God, I really wanted to be in that. Yeah, I love that magazine. It yeah. had seen but not heard. You remember that strip by Sam mm-hmm. Henderson? Yeah, so good, so good. <laughs> so, do you see yourself uh, just sticking with comics, or what about like, you know, you're doing the Mad Magazine. You wanted to be in Nickelodeon. What about maybe a children's book or something sometime? I don't know. It depends on how I feel in a few years. I mean, I might be a different person. You yeah. Know? But for now, yeah. I mean, I, I have no plans to quit drawing comics ever. Hell yeah. Be doing it till I die. Yeah. You know? Um, where where do you see yourself in five years? You know, trite still, question, but you still know. doing the same thing. <laughs> I'll be still drawing comics. Maybe I'll have a couple more books under my belt, and uh, probably Hot Wife, uh, Convertible. <laughs> that yeah. I don't drive. I've, I don't even drive, man. So I do you even to, know how? Do you know how? No, I don't have a license or anything. Wow. So I'd have the hot That's wife awesome. to, just to drive me around, basically. Who you get a butler? Get That's an Alfred. True. Yeah. Who needs a wife? I could get an yeah. Alfred. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I kind of want an Alfred. Yeah. No. Would that be cool? Um. So yeah. A so, Michael Caine Alfred. Well, yeah. Ask me Michael Caine. Well, I think, I think I've kind of run out of my pre. Predisposed questions. Well, um, you do a fair amount of interviews with comic book people, and that, you know, what is it that you've never been asked to always wanted to talk about? Hmm. <laughs> there's always because I've, I've done it's, interviews for like the newspaper or whatnot, and I'm like, man, I wish they had asked me about that, or I wish I talked yeah. about that. I don't know. What, what kind of stuff do you wish that people would ask you? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not getting asked questions. What are you talking about? Just. <laughs> Let's do this. Come on. I don't know. I have, I have really have no idea off the top of my head. I know that's a bullshit question. So what do you want to be asked that you never get asked? So I, I, I've just, um, come on, let's talk about you. I don't want to talk about me. Let's do it. The audience uh, needs to know about you. Who uh, is this guy? Who is I, this guy? who's I, asking all these questions. Yeah, I'm an asshole. I'm a drunken let's fool. Let's find out. Um, enough about me. No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's all right. You can chicken out if you want to. No, I'm not chickening out. I just it seems like you're chickening out. I listen to uh, Mark Maron all the time, and he turns those episodes around, and they're like, "It's all about me and my my right. career." And I'm it just is like, kind of about him. Like, I love he, Mark Maron. I, I, I do these uh, intros for these episodes that I do, and I'm like, "Oh God, it's six minutes long. That's way too long. I got to cut it down." But then I look at it, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's not too bad." But Mark Maron, some of those intros that he does go on forever, man. They go on for thirty minutes. And you're like, it. "Come on, and dude." I'm just, I'm just like Mark, I don't, I don't care about how much you hate the hotel you stayed at in yeah. Vegas. I'm skipping. What did Jessica forward. do now? Yeah. Tell us about your girlfriend. Yeah. So you met Mark Marin. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did actually. How'd you know about that shit? I follow you on Facebook. Oh, that's right. I remember the shit. Yeah, okay. So, I, I have a weird memory about the people I I don't know. Yeah, I tried to give I gave him some blamos actually. You ever get any feedback on that? No. You should you, <laughs> no. You should shoot him a little tweet and be like, hey embarrassing. Buddy, what'd you think about those blamos? No, too embarrassing. Never never do it. <sighs> Did you see that? I did that. Uh, th- this magazine asked me to uh, illustrate any book I wanted to into a comic. <laughs> and I did Chuck Klosterman's Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs. Oh, nice. <laughs> and so then he saw it and then wrote me on Twitter. Like, hey, I don't understand. Do you like my my book or not? <laughs> I was like, no, no, I like it. I like it. <laughs> was that the point, though? Was it to be ambiguous? I don't, I was just making fun of it. I yeah. mean, I, I can make fun of things, and it doesn't mean that I don't like it. You know? Yeah, of course. So yeah, but he was—I think he was—didn't understand. I mean, a few people I saw wrote about that comic online that were like, "Is this really what his books are like?" Fuck that guy, you know. So you grew up in a big Mormon household. What? What? Yeah. How did you get into? And and you're a fairly funny guy. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty awesome. You are. Yeah, no, I'm great. Really dry sense of humor. Where? What? Uh, what comedy were you into growing up? I don't know. I don't think I was into any comedy. Growing really. Up. That's kind of a recent thing, honestly, man. With all the, it seems like there's a comedy resurgence. Don't you feel like that? Oh, absolutely. And I, uh, so I'm kind of getting into it now. Yeah, but but your early books have they do have that rhythm of yeah, but I setup, never had punchline, any, joke. I can't think of any comedians that I was. What about movies and whatnot? Uh, like, Jurassic Park. <laughs> you, <laughs> Maybe you, I got all my comic timing from uh, from uh, Jeff Goldblum. Jurassic Park. <laughs> He was hilarious. He was hilarious. He was great in that movie. I uh, I, I don't know for me like this whole thing is named after Douglas Adams is uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You know, I read those books when I was little, and that yeah. set the whole tone for my sense of humor and everything. So I just I was a dumb kid. I didn't really read that much stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what about TV? No TV. I've, yeah, I watched all that. Ran Stimpy. Beavis and Butthead. Well, there you go. That's that's a good Maybe place that's, for your. <laughs> that's where I got my humor. Yeah, you. Beavis you and know, Butthead. I I used to watch Ghostbusters over and over and over oh, and yeah. over and over again. The movies. You know? are, what about the cartoons? Did you? Watch oh, that? I love the cartoons. The cartoons are great. Man. I, I've been trying to find them. I guess they're somewhere out there on DVD, but until they show up on Netflix, instance, it's almost like they don't even exist. <laughs> Isn't that the worst when they release TV shows on DVD, but they always like skip a season or something, or like, yeah. for some reason they don't release one season. Yeah, I keep waiting for the rest of the Muppet Show to come out. Finally, I got tired and I just went and downloaded them all. Right, yeah. So, because they, so they are they not putting them out on DVD because they, of they just put out the first three box sets of the Muppet Show, and I don't think they sold very well because you know it's a what, twenty thirty year old show, and but it's still some of it. Some of it definitely does not hold up, and some of really? it is great. Like the Menomina song is that whole set act is in. Uh, the season one box set and it's wonderful. Yeah, and then it's in the movie, the new movie. Oh yeah, yeah, you see great. that? Oh that yeah, was, yeah. Oh, I love that. It's great, man. I, I, it, <laughs> I was in tears watching that movie. I was, it's so good. Yeah, Wiping it's tears yeah. off my eyes. 
Then what about the Muppets Christmas Carol? Did you ever watch that? I like. I I only caught that a couple of years ago. Oh, I love it, man. And yeah, it, I read some <laughs> list and they did not rank that as like number two or three, and I was oh. so mad. I was like, it's so fucking good. I never saw. I have yet to see Muppet Treasure Island. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that either. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Actually, I forced myself to watch Muppets in Space and was pleasantly surprised because I had heard it was just fucking awful, but it was it was surprisingly good. What about so the Muppets movie that just came out? Doesn't it make it seem like you hadn't seen the Muppets since Muppets Take Manhattan or something, or whatever the last one was? They, they just made it seem like they had gone away for a while. They yeah. were like, yeah, we haven't been around. Nobody cares about us, and we're and it really only been like five years or something. Uh, How long had it been? Muppets in Space was '99. Oh, really? And that was the last like movie theater thing they did, and they did a couple like TV specials here and there. Like they yeah. did a second Muppet Christmas TV special that was eh, it wasn't too bad. You remember when the Muppet Show tried to make a comeback? Yeah, like a late night comeback. Yeah, wasn't it didn't work out. I don't even think it lasted a season. I'd n- I'd never saw an episode. I don't know if I'd watch. Would you watch that now? I don't know if I would, man. Something like that. I don't know. But it if depends they came, on how good it, it how funny it was. If, if they put up a Muppet show right now, I'd at least give it a couple watches. I guess so, yeah. With like a celebrity host. Yeah. Because it was like a Saturday Night Live, but with Muppets, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have like Steve Martin or something on there. God, the Steve Martin episode is amazing. <laughs> with uh, They got rid of the laugh track for that episode, and just it, it's the cast and crew laughing in the background. It sounds like a ghost town. It's yeah, I like that episode a lot. What do they do that for? Would they get rid of the? It was just for? part of the script. They they just um, the theater needed like work or the show had gotten canceled, but Steve Martin showed up and refused to leave, and they just <laughs> kind of goofed off. I can't remember it exactly, but it, it's something along those lines. Yeah, where yeah. so the whole script is there's no live audience. There never was a live audience, but yeah. for that that episode, there it was, was like, always laugh tracks, right? Yeah, it was always laugh tracks. But for that episode, like you read the IMDb trivia, and they're just like, uh, "Oh, we just use the the it's it's the Muppets controllers and the cameramen and whatnot laughing at what's going on on stage." And Steve <laughs> Martin being Steve Martin back when he was wild and crazy guy. What do you know about Steve Martin? Isn't it true he's kind of a jerk? I've heard he's turned into a jerk. Yeah. I don't know if he always was. Kind of a private guy. Yeah. He he just shies away from the limelight. I was listening to something about, not about him, but, uh, uh, fuck, I can't remember what podcast. I was listening to Mark Maron on the way up here. from Yeah. And uh, they, he was talking to uh, Kevin Pollock. Right, yeah. And they, they were talking about, he was like, yeah, Steve Martin got me to do this thing where I did a, uh, uh, fuck, my brain's fried. Come on, man. Do an impression of uh, the stand-up comic back in the day, Lenny Bruce. Yeah. I was about to say arrested all the time, and Lenny Bruce popped in my head. Yeah. And, yeah, it was he was telling some good stories about Steve Martin. So I guess he's a pretty good guy if you're not a fan. I don't know. Yeah. No, I like him. I like Steve Martin. Yeah. Roxanne, you ever see that? Yeah. Funny story about Roxanne is we went – was living in Houston, Texas, and we went and saw Roxanne at the uh, drive drive-in. Yeah, and RoboCop had opened the same weekend. Oh no! So I'm in the very back seat of my uh, parents' station wagon, watching RoboCop. Can't hear a thing while they're sitting up front in the front seat watching uh, Roxanne. That's <laughs> that's my memories of watching RoboCop for the first time is Roxanne. I think they could probably like re, uh, what is it called? Like revamp. Yeah, something like revamp RoboCop. Works. You know? Oh well. Do you think they could probably do that? They're working on it. Like uh, Chris Nolan could do it. If Chris Nolan did it, somebody along those <laughs> Chris lines. Chris Nolan's yeah. RoboCop. I, I He's would, like all badass. I would, I would go see that. Um, yeah. What was I watching the other day? I was, I watched this really bad sci-fi movie called Robot Jocks. 
it was like a tr- it wasn't trauma but it was direct to video really low budget and i was like where the uh nation like yeah. nations have these big robots and instead of fighting wars they just send the robots after each other how old is this <sighs> i want to say 88 89 maybe maybe right. it's older than that but yeah it's a good idea good plot they should if they're going to remake something remake that I love the original RoboCop as it is. I own three different copies of it. But it is only a matter of time before they remake that. Oh, so yeah. That's how they do it, man. So, yeah. what kind of what? Any aspirations like write a script or screenplay? Do any of that stuff? Not now, no. Not now. <laughs> who knows in ten years? Yeah, who knows what kind of how much I'll need money? In ten years, we'll be laughing at this. I'll be getting area. divorced from some woman, some hot blonde. I'll, yeah, need t- some money. She's taking all my money. Yeah, and your Alfred. It's time to write a script. <laughs> <laughs> it's money. Be living in a a uh, tough shed. Yeah. So so the uh, I I keep thinking about the Mormon upbringing. I've known some Mormons, and you're a reformed yeah, Mormon. Say, correct? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not Mormon anymore. Correct. I'm no longer yeah. Mormon. Well, yeah, you make some pretty raunchy comics. I'd hope you wouldn't be Mormon. Yeah. But uh, how, how much of that upbringing kind of influenced kind of your way of thinking now? I guess you really wouldn't have a good. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't fuck anybody over. Yeah. Maybe that comes from being Mormon. <laughs> I don't know. Man. I don't know. I, I, I'm sure it gives you a uh, unique, yeah. a more unique perspective than, you know, my uh, heathen ass. Yeah. Who's kind of raised without religion and all that stuff. Yeah. I guess so. I'm, I don't know. I'm a, I'm an okay guy. Yeah. I mean, you invited some stranger into your apartment. That's right. Hey, come on over, man. Yeah. I could, <laughs> this really isn't going out to the internet. This is just, you know, my own personal fodder. I just wanted to come over here and hang out. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a podcast. <laughs> what the podcast? <laughs> so Finally, I have a, a conversation with Noah Van Skyver on tape for my Yay! files. Actually, I, oh, God, I have so many interviews from back in the day that never, ever saw the light. And none of the cassettes are labeled, so I'll just pop them in, and I'm like, oh, God, I forgot I did this interview. Oh, inter- Kenny Rollins. Oh, wow, no, look at no. this. He turned me down. I, I met him, and he went, sorry, man, I don't do interviews before or after show. i got to save it all for the stage. Oh, man. Did you go to that uh, show he did at the Paramount? I saw, yes. I saw that good. one. I yeah. met him outside the one in Boulder he did right before that. And Is it like, the Fox Theater or what? Uh, I think it was on the college campus. I can't exactly yeah. remember. That was probably 2005. He's amazing, man. Oh, yeah, he's great. Great live. I love his books. Yeah. Um. I don't think I could ever sit down and have a conversation with him because I think I'd be intellectually inferior. Right. Just listening to his interviews and stuff, he's just, he's way intense, yeah. way more intense than me. Just put a microphone in front of him and be like, talk. I think he should start a podcast. Yeah, he'd be good, wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, he did the TV shows and whatnot, so. Right. Oh, that was a good show, too. Yeah, I liked it. Like, him just, him bare bones talking to a microphone with some other dude. Yeah, maybe he'll interview me. Maybe we can work. Oh man, that. wouldn't that be amazing? Maybe we'll have him. Henry come Rollins is like, you know what? I want to interview you. <laughs> I'd, I, God, he'd probably be like, "What book did you read today?" I read. I two read books your poetry. Today. That's what I read. Yeah, that, that, that was rough. <laughs> read all your poetry today. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Shit. So uh, when's your next tour? Are you going to go out on tour yeah, for this I'm, I'm, next Yeah, uh, when the book comes out, I'm probably going to be gone a lot. I'm going to try and make it to as many conventions as I possibly can. Cool. Hey, do you do fairly well in those conventions? Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. I mean, obviously, look at all this nice stuff here in my apartment. you got a lot of nice books. I know. I always judge people by their books and DVD collections. and uh, uh, Don't judge my DVD collection. <laughs> that's not too bad. you got yeah. Waking Life, yeah, Royal Tenenbaums. A couple of bad stuff. I don't know. 
Hey, I, I, anything that sucks, I'm gonna say is my girlfriend's. I um, I I can't. I don't have that ability because I live by myself, and I I, I'm a sucker for a really good romantic comedy. Right, the you occasional like the notebook? really bad one. I love the Notebook. I'm yeah. not even gonna lie. Yeah, you like Ryan Ryan Gosling, man. Oh, he's he's, he's fucking badass. <laughs> I haven't seen Drive yet. His but name I can't is wait. Noah in that too. Yeah, yeah, Drive is great. You should see that. Oh, That's yeah. a good movie. I really liked it a lot. Um, do you like touring? Yeah, I do. I I my only touring experience is just jumping in a band with a uh, jumping in a band, jumping in a van yeah. with a band, and just going from town to town. But right. I can't imagine going on tour with a book. Same, is, same yeah. thing, man, really. I mean, we just have, like, boxes of the books in the back seat and in the trunk. And then just two guys, me and John Porcelino, on the road. Yeah. And then I was about to ask how you met John, but obviously because you both lived uh, in Denver in yeah, the comics. He was a fan of uh, Four Questions, I think. Yeah. And we met um, at the Nexine Fest in 2008. That might have been the one I went to. That was the one that was, like, in a church. Nope, I didn't go that one. Yeah. That was the last one they had. And then we just became friends from there. Started hanging out a lot. Two, I w- two lonely guys. I wish they would restart those. I kind of enjoy. I enjoyed the one I went to. It's weird, though, man, because it's not like people are doing a lot of zines. You yeah. don't walk around town and see, like, zines everywhere. So what happens is there's a zine fest, and all of a sudden everybody's like, I'm going to make a zine for tomorrow's zine fest. Yeah. So you just get a lot of crap, you know? I, uh, looking through bo- the boxes of, like, stuff i got from that zine fest I, I collected it all i still have almost all of it and it's just it, it itch i get that itch it's like i need to start another one but that's yeah. a lot of fucking work i can't it imagine is. how yeah. much work you put work. into blamo a lot god it takes me forever man and two years on the book it's just jesus yeah in the book i didn't have to scan in like when i finished the book i just took all the pages and put them in a box and, and mailed them to fanographics to do all the rest of the work yeah. do you ink them too or yeah do oh, all that great. stuff so just a bunch of Bristol board. It was like 15 pounds. Big, heavy box into to Seattle. Did you letter it as you go? Yep. Oh, sweet. Hell yeah. Yeah, I don't like computer lettering in comics. You'll see like a lot of that stuff. I always feel like it's pretty, it looks bad. Because like the lettering is part of the drawing, you know? Yeah. And you're, I don't know, I like the whole DIY aspect and whatnot. Yeah. And jumping in the car and. Going to bookstores, begging them to take your books. Yeah. Is there any begging, or is it just like, will you take this? No. Boom. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's just like, hey, hey how are you doing? And you have to explain who you are, and then be like, this is what I have. And most of the time, they take it. A lot of times, it's like on consignment, which you're like, I'm never gonna see you again, though, man. Yeah. <laughs> do you go to used bookstores and just like, can I trade you this for? No, I don't do. Any... I've done trade like at Kilgore. I used to do trades. Yeah. I still probably would. I don't know, but now it's like they're such good friends of mine that. Yeah. Well, they actually out. Yeah. They publish it. Yeah. Like if, they, if I wanted to read some book, they'd probably just be like, you can just have it, read it, and then bring it back. You know, it's like <laughs> some kind of awesome library or something. I need to get in with that. Do you have that same effect with wax tracks right next door? Not with music, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're in such bad shape, man. Yeah. Wax, who is? Wax, wax tracks? tracks? They yeah. are. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, it's a record store, you know, CD store. People don't buy CDs anymore. I man. know. It sucks. I, I want to go in there and look for some vinyl, though. Yeah, their vinyl store, I think, is doing pretty good. Yeah. But CDs, it's like, what do you even... I know. Why do you even bother, you know? I, f- I found, uh, I was in Target yesterday, just, I wandered down the CD aisle for no real reason. Celine Dion? Uh, it was actually Pearl Jam. I watched that 20-year Pearl Jam documentary, and I was like, man, I should pick up their new album. And it was on clearance. Jeremy spoke. Loved it. It was, it was one of my, one of my gateway bands after Color Me Bad. But, uh. How old are you? You're... I'm 30. I just turned okay. 30. So you were, how old, when that, you were pretty young when that stuff was It's like was 12. 12, 13. You were into Pearl Jam when you were 12? Yeah. 
I didn't even listen 12, to music. I listened to the Jurassic Park soundtrack when I was twelve. <laughs> that's that's what that's what uh right before I got on the Pearl Jam, I literally bought I just talked talked about this earlier today. I bought a copy of Color Me Bad's I Wanna Sex You Up album. <laughs> I paid hard cash for that. And I still have it in a box somewhere. The C D? The C D. Oh, uh, is it all it's not scratched up or anything? Uh it's a little scratched up. The case is broken. It's a little beat up, but right. I still have it and I won't get rid of it because I like telling that story. That and, was the uh, first album you ever bought? That was the first album I remember buying with my own cash. Totally bad. You know, my parents said, before that, God. I was really big into Brian Adams. Uh-huh. Because of the Robin Hood yeah, uh, yeah. movie. And before that, I'd... Like, Got my first BSC you know, screen. Oh, hell yeah. And, uh... <laughs> no, that's Beatloaf. Yeah, that's Meatloaf. Come on, uh, man. You don't even know. Ah, uh, shit. It's the... Everything I do. Oh, yeah. Do it for you. That episode. Or that, that was, that uh... Uh, everything Robin I do that was in the Robin Hood oh, movie. Oh yeah, but uh, and then I bought my mother uh, bought me a Pearl Jam CD because I saw a cool kid at school wearing a Pearl Jam T-shirt, and I put it on my Christmas list. And my mom listened to it and went, "That kind of reminds me of something I would have liked when I was his age," and bought it for me. And really, I got Your really into that? like That's that. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. She bought me. To her credit, she tried to buy me a Soundgarden CD once uh-huh. and ended up with a Savage Garden CD. Oh, oh man. <laughs> and I remember yeah. now I made her feel so bad about it. And I feel <laughs> so bad about that now. But at the time, I was I like, know, Mom, how could you? Yeah, little kids are such dicks. Yeah, well, Savage Garden? They what's suck. wrong they, with you? They're fucking awful. But what's that? I'm trying to think of the Savage Garden. I know, I know a song off the top of my head. It's like... Uh, Cherry Cola or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I just remember the cover of it. Yeah. As as I opened up my 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 present and my mom was into that stuff actually. Savage Garden. Yeah, my mom listened to that stuff. My mom was like new agey. After we left the church, my mom became kind of new agey. She got into Savage Garden for some reason. You know. Christian band, I guess. I don't know. No, she just thought they were. Oh. She just thought they were kind of cool. She listened know. to all that shit. Witchcraft, that movie had just come out. My mom mm-hmm. was like, got into like witchcraft stuff. And I'm like, oh man, it's a crazy time. Weird. Yeah. So you've had some pretty, you've had a pretty interesting uh, yeah, life I'm all, growing up. I'm all fucked up, man. <laughs> and, it, and it shows in your work. Yeah, I'm all fucked up. My mom was, got into, she, she, uh, my parents got divorced. My mom left the Mormon church and I went with my mom. After the divorce, and then she got into like new age, uh, like Wiccan, all that stuff. Came like a, you know, like I'd be sick and she'd like be putting like oils on me. Like, no, I have a cold. No, 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 here, here's this oil. Here's some, you know, valerian root or some shit. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. I, I take echinacea, but who knows if that really works. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know any of that stuff. Yeah. It might work. Who knows? <laughs> but uh so yeah and then all that weird shit kind of somehow made you into the comic artist you are today neurotic yeah made my line all shaky <laughs> neurotic's not bad there's some yeah. great neurotic people yeah i think most neurotic people are great most well, of them i don't can... know man you don't know okay that, that was that was a little little over the line <laughs> i'm thinking of my neurotic friends yeah and uh the bouncing souls because they have a song and it's like we're neurotic right and it's like yeah yeah, yeah, man. I like I like those neurotic people. I'm neurotic too. Too, I'm kind of yeah, for sure. You definitely are. You don't know me. You can't even sit still. You don't know me. I, I can't. If only the listeners could see you. You move around so much, man. Uh, we were going to originally do this as a video show. Oh, really? And I, I just, I there are three. <laughs> there are literally three pilots I have. 
He just put uh, that video show and fast forward. It looked like he ever in seizure or yeah, something. They're awful. Like, Why is that guy moving around so much? I just I got ADD. I like coffee. <laughs> I like coffee a lot. Yeah. So, uh, well, hey, we've talked for almost an hour. All right. You this is uh, pretty good. I guess so. All right. Normally, they're a lot more structured than this, but I think this is more fun. Yeah, it's like jazz, man. Yeah. This is like jazz. I, I, so, I, so everybody should uh, buy the hypo from yeah. Fanographics in November? Yes, please do it. And you'll be in their town shortly? Yep, probably. It, Check my blog, mvanskyver.wordpress.com. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw a link to that and your Twitter. Excellent. Onto the uh, old uh, mostlyharmlesspodcast.com page that you should all go visit and subscribe to. And you should subscribe to Noah's WordPress. Yep. And then should they find you on Facebook? Or nah, fuck that. They can if they want. You've already got, what, 4,000 friends? Do you Whatever. need any more? Sure. Always <laughs> take some more. Especially if they buy shit. That's right. You ever going to do any like limited edition prints or anything? I don't know. Yeah. Every, <laughs> everybody else does prints and t-shirts. Hey, I'll do whatever, fuck whatever that. I feel like. You ever going to do a weekly uh, webcomic? No, nah, I do four questions. That's good enough. That's good enough. Well, cool. Well, thanks for uh, hanging out and chatting no with problem. me, Noah. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> now, thank you, Mr. Noah Vanscriber. That was one of the most fun and loosest conversations that I've had yet on this show. Uh, and really, I hope that's a, kind of a sign of things to come. Uh, that's kind of how we want this show to be is a little bit less, uh, excuse me, what were your influences, and a little bit just more connecting more uh more feeling each other out uh noah's a great dude uh funny personable i really enjoyed hanging out with him and thank you thank you noah for letting me come into your apartment i know we're mostly strangers thank you for letting me come in and hang out and shoot the shit with you for an hour and thanks to your girlfriend for uh well i guess for going to work <laughs> i don't really know what to say about that um thank you for leaving your uh boyfriend with some strange guy at your apartment uh you know, after we turned this tape recorder off, we, we sat and we talked for a good half an hour longer, maybe even longer than that. And I really like Noah Van Scriver. I'm really glad he took the time out to do this interview with me. And I really enjoyed the uh, his works a lot more after this. He gave me a handful of comics, and I've been just reading them over and over and over again. And I think now that I know the guy a little bit better, I like his work a lot better. So hopefully now you can get a little bit, bit more, a little bit more of a glimpse into it as I have. Uh, let's use that radio voice there. I do regret though that there's a couple things that we talked about after we turned the mics off that really would have made for great comic book radio uh, for your ears on the internet. Uh, but you know what? I enjoyed talking with Noah so much about pop culture. The Muppets are growing up in our movies. God damn it! I'm going to try to make this a uh, normal thing, like. Once every 10 episodes or so, I want Noah on this show. Ho Noah's going to be my Harvey Picar to my David Letterman, where he's just that special guest that comes on and kind of like riles things up for us. Uh, he's got a lot of great insight, a lot of great stories. And God damn it, I just really like this guy. I, I don't know if – is there really any better way to say it without sounding weird? <laughs> like I fucking like have man crush on this guy now. Uh Okay, so enough of me rambling. <laughs> uh, make sure you find uh, Noah Van Scriver on the internet. <laughs> you can find him at nvanscriver.wordpress.org. Again, that is nvanscriver.wordpress.org. Or you can just go to mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. I'm going to have this linked. Uh, four questions can be found every week at thewestword.com. He's in Mad Magazine. He's all over the goddamn comic, indie comic sphere. Uh, 
and Hypo. The Hypo comes out in November of this year on Fantagraphics Books, Fantagraphics.com. Uh, Fantagraphics has also put out a ton of great other comics. If you're not familiar with the comics world, just go take a tour around Fantagraphics.com. Great books, great website. They're not promoting this in any way, but if they want to send me some free comics, please do. And again, thank you, Noah, for hanging out with me. And again, if you've never listened to this show, um, we do do a lot more musicians, but they're a lot more in-depth interviews. Yada, yada, yada. Please give our back catalog a look. Give it a little listen. I'm particularly proud of the uh, Micah Schnabel episode, episode number two. And probably my favorite, most best, well-rounded episode is uh, the episode with uh, Chris Fogel from the Gamets and Tauntaun and Black and Bloom Studios. I think that's the one that kind of like came out the best. That's probably the guy I knew the least about and got to learn uh, the whole whole lot about. Uh, if you like what you hear, please visit MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com, buy a t-shirt, uh, subscribe, like us on Facebook, write us iTunes review. Um, every iTunes review and every like on Facebook really helps us out a whole lot more in getting uh, PR agents and managers to give us a chance to interview their artists. I'm pretty proud of what we're doing here, and hopefully you weren't bored to death. Nah, fuck that. I know you weren't because you're still listening, right? Hey, guys. All right, so uh, we always end every episode out with a uh, with a musical track from a guest. And since Noah does the Four Questions column in Denver, he did some uh, interviews with my buddies, a little band called uh, The Conjugal Visits. Uh, his girlfriend made buttons for the band, Conjugal Visits. They're based out of here in Colorado Springs, but they play a lot more in Denver than they do down here. Uh, really garage, surf, rocky band. Uh, they've got a new split seven that's coming out soon. It's glow in the dark. It's beautiful. I've seen it in the dark. I'm not going to tell you what I was doing with those guys in the dark, but it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful seven inch, and this song is not on it. They would not send me that... Uh, that so anyway we're gonna play another song the song is called back to texas it's from the conjugal visits and once again thanks for listening to most of the homeless podcast and there we go <laughs>